confusion for you. All eyes on Graham Paul. Simunic, I'm certain, was yellow carded earlier on, and Graham Paul has forgotten about it. Oh, and Siemens been beaten. It's a goal. It's Ronaldinho. Oh, it's not a bad ball for Pelé on the right side. It's Carlos Alberto. And oh, what a great goal that was. Play. Oh, lovely play there as Redondo tries to go through. There's a show, glorious goal. He's done it. Maradona. And look at these emotional scenes. There is something extra special about. We were saying, would he explode into the game, do something special, watch this. Ray. Well, again, he, could, he had so little space, but just created it onto his favourite left foot. And you can't give Maradona that space, no matter how old he is. Welcome back to part two of our look over the World Cup career, Diego Armando Maradona, the greatest player to ever grace the tournament. In this part, we will look over the 1990 World Cup in Italy, the drama and brilliance at USA 94, and touch on Diego's reign as Argentina manager in the 2010 World Cup in South Africa. So let's kick things off uh, at 1990 World Cup, Italia 90. Um, you know, go back. You can go all the way back to season one, episode one, for a view on this tournament from the Italian perspective. It's all come full circle now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting to look at it from, you know, obviously we've looked at it from the Italian perspective. Now we're looking at it from um, the Argentinian perspective. You know, as we mentioned in, in that very first episode, Italia 90 is not regarded as a good tournament. The number of goals, the quality of the football is pretty poor. People just... Um, romanticize it in england because it was the one where people considered that england should have won it or whatever um so to set the scene you know maradona's captain again um there's some familiar names in the argentina squad um oscar rugeri and uh, jorge barashuga uh is in, are in the squad again and you've got some um some new blood in in the team as well 23 year old atalanta forward claudio canizia and 23 year old udinese center back roberto sensini so you've got quite a few younger players with few or no caps um it's quite a different argentina to what we saw in 1986 yeah, definitely. It's um, I think some of the squad was just, I think, is widely considered an average at best side. I think even with Maradona in this, because he's it's a very injury riddled squad. Because I got a list of the injuries oh, that they yeah. suffered here, and you have got Jorge Valdano's out, Tata Brown is ruled out with just days before the the tournament starts. Oscar Ruggieri's got an abdominal strain. <clears throat> Ricardo Giusti um is just got well very like very injured legs. Yeah. Um has been nursed through the sort of preparation to the tournament. And then, yeah, Mar- Maradona has a toe injury and would suffer sort of a severe ankle injury early on in the tournament as well. So it's an injury-riddled squad, um, very different. But still at the centre of it, you've got Diego Maradona as, I mean, undoubtedly the greatest player in the world at this point. Because mm. in, inter- in the interim between Mexico 86 and Italia 90, Maradona's just essentially conquered Italy, right? 
yeah won the league won the <laughs> uefa cup is it uefa cup i think yeah. he's won um and then he's also won uh what else has he won well, he's got so between 86 and 1990 diego maradona is he leads napoli to two italian titles two two scudettos two second place finishes a uefa cup and a coppa italia so in those four years he's now like just undoubtedly at the pinnacle he is the greatest player in the world and so to see to see him like captain the holders in his new adopted home is kind of what everyone wants to see yeah the group stage they're drawn with cameroon the soviet union and romania um and on paper and we like you know as as we always say you know on paper things may look like it's you know all good going the right way or whatever but as we all know that paper means bugger all apparently <laughs> so they start the group stage off with a 1-0 loss to Cameroon and I'm going to be brutally honest it's a shit game and Maradona does barely anything uh, Argentina are awful in my opinion um, the only thing really of note is Massing's rugby tackle on um, mm. Kanijia it's so heavy <laughs> that he even loses a boot um, you can hear more on that at Christmas that's what I'm saying um, <laughs> Yeah, this this game is this game is quite funny because the 1990 World Cup is ba- this is where the introduction of that fair play flag to FIFA competitions comes in. Yes, and it's basically the idea is to protect the skillful and the creative against sort of you know villainous mercenaries. And and that that fact there is what makes what happens in the opening game of the tournament nothing short of hilarious because they've got this big fair play flag and then you know it's just carnage within the first few minutes. Yeah. And so many stories have emerged over the last week. Um, post post the death of Diego Maradona but one of the one of the ones of note is M- Miguel Delaney's tweet earlier in the week that that claims that before this game as the teams lined up in the tunnels some of the Cameroonians actually began to cry because they couldn't believe they were about to take the pitch with Maradona so that's the kind of mm-hmm. figure that he is in world football and and around the globe that like, everyone knows who he is and some people just can't believe that they get to play on the same football field as him so mm. yeah um it's that the opening the opening seconds of the game are quite interesting as well because Diego kind of he shakes the hand of Cameroon captain Steven Tatao as they exchange those little pennants at the, in the oh, center yeah. circle, and then Mar- like the, Maradona dances off just confidently doing keep ups and with his head and he he just looks ready he looks really yeah. confident and and looks just ready to go, but then <laughs> the whistle blows and the tackles fly in, hmm. and it's just a really dirty game, isn't it? Yeah, and after this game um, uh, press conference, Maradona gives the first of many remarks, to be honest, that annoy the Italian home crowd. Um, He said, The only pleasure I got this afternoon was to discover that thanks to me, the people of Milan have stopped being racist. Today, for the very first time, they supported the Africans. (laughs) Um, So putting the boot in on the uh, Italian home crowd early on. It really starts his war of wars early, doesn't he? Mm. And this all links back to, um, you know, obviously he's at Napoli. Napoli is a very poor, Naples is a very poor part of Italy. Um, It's often looked down on, um, you know, from the northern giants of of Turin and uh, and Milan. You know, the clubs and the cities look down on on these, you know, these poorer places and and sneer at them. You know, it's um, not too dissimilar in England to how... The, the north of the country is viewed by you know 
london and things like that you know, yeah. they, they you know just think that it's still you know coal mining in the 70s and everyone's wearing flat caps um, <laughs> yeah, just look at the tier system that's just been rolled out <laughs> yeah exactly yeah um so the the second group stage game um is a 2-0 win versus the soviet union um it's at the san paulo so it's happy hunting ground for for maradona uh, or the ground that will soon be known the diego maradona stadium uh, in naples you've got um the th- the first sort of um thing of note is um the 10 minutes in first choice goalkeeper uh, neri pompido breaks his leg after uh colliding with the teammate um was it uh julio uh or yeah, chair <laughs> yeah well done I was just waiting for the pronunciation <laughs> on that one. Uh, yeah, it's, and it's it's an awful cha- t- uh, challenge. If you, it's completely accidental, but they show it in slow motion on the replay, and you actually see uh, the geezer's leg snap in two and then wobble in the air. It's it's horrible. Yeah, this is just things going from bad to worse, really, isn't it? Because yeah, well, th- weirdly <clears throat> enough, it does them a favour because this is where you get um, uh, Goykachea comes on as the replacement, and you know he's basically fucking brilliant for the remainder of the tournament yeah it's a blessing in disguise really isn't it but like mm. yeah the Argentinians lose their first game and now they're facing this kind of I think well the Soviet Union had lost their first game as well so you've got both teams had lost mm. their opening game and so whoever loses this is on an early flight home and then 10 minutes in you lose your first choice keeper it's like oh for f- <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> it's just going from bad to worse but yeah it's it, Maradona starts really slow in this game mm. there's a few flashes of brilliance but I think maybe this is uh, he, he starts slow but starts to bring himself into the game a bit more and I think it might just be because he starts maybe he feels at home here because he obviously plays his home yeah. games here it's a city where he feels comfortable and the previous game he's obviously just getting dogs abuse from the crowd because mm. I mean the, the the fans in Milan are just used to hating Diego Maradona yeah. but now it's like okay I'm, I'm, I'm where I feel most comfortable I can start to play my game and there's there's a moment where made a note that there's a moment where he receives the ball from a throw-in on the near side this early in the first half I think it is and with one touch just completely eliminates two Soviet defenders out of the game like he's between these two defenders who try to close him out as the ball comes to him about waist high and he takes one touch which kind of flicks it behind him and he's able to turn so quickly with this kind of low centre of gravity that he has that before the defenders are able to like before they realise the ball is gone Maradona's like five or six yards around yeah. the corner and about to whip in across it's it's such a sublime bit of football um th- that i it's just a masterstroke of a touch from him his sort of biggest moment in this game is he has a bit of a luis suarez moment um, <laughs> yeah. so the soviet union have a corner the ball is whipped in and one of the soviet players you know jumps gets ahead on it it looks like it is it's on target. It could be going in. We'll never know. Um, Maradona whips an arm out and it bounces off of his arm and, and bounces away. The Soviets go absolutely wild complaining to the referee who didn't see it. Referee just thinks that either the goalkeeper's got a hand to it or it's come off the post. And Argentina get away with it again. Yeah, he kind of... The, the ball hits his hand and he looks straight to the referee, doesn't he? And the referee's just yeah. like, mm, didn't see anything. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah. He's kind of... He's done it again, hasn't he? But this time, rather than... Rather than setting up a semi-final place, he's actually just keeping his country in the tournament because it's mm. like it's losing you out for for Argentina at this point. Yeah, I mean, by the end of it, it's um, 
fairly sort of standard win, um, two nil win. Uh, Trollio on twenty seven minutes and Bruchago on seventy nine minutes. Um, interesting that both goals came from midfield. Um, again, as we talk about other players in this team, uh, like Claudio Canizia, it takes them a little bit of time to sort of warm up into the tournament. Um, the third group game is a one one draw with Romania. It's the last last um, game in the group. Um, Monzon scores on 62 minutes. Um, nice. It's another one of those sort of goals where sort of Maradona set it up nicely. It's another one of those ones where he's looped the corner in. He's got the ball right into that sweet spot in front of the goalkeeper. Monzon jumps, gets ahead on it, and it's one nil. Um, and you know, it's it's him doing that thing that he can again and again from set pieces, where he just gets the ball in that perfect spot for someone to to just get it home you know yeah he has a he has a like very little influence on this game he kind of plays the full 90 but it's this it's sort of he he sets up the goal that that ensures that they get the point to go through to go through the group i think he he also suffers a pretty nasty kick on the left ankle in this game as well that essentially is a recurring theme through the rest of the performances you sort of notice that he's Mm. sort of favoring the, the the left ankle because it's it's in a lot of pain clearly yeah, and you know, so Argentina finished third in the group, but they qualify as one of the best third place teams. So you know, they're quite lucky at this stage to to you know go through. Um, but the round of sixteen isn't made easy for them. They're, they're drawn against Brazil. Um, you know, the the, the heavyweights um, coming up against each other again. And at this point, you're not giving Argentina a lot of hope. You know, Brazil are Brazil, Argentina have played like shit, and Brazil finished top of their group with three straight wins. Now, I know that Brazil's group wasn't exactly like the toughest of the tough, um, you know, but they did what they had to. They beat the, the heavyweights of Scotland uh, in a 1-0 win. <laughs> um, basically, Brazil um, it's, it's very similar in the sense that, you know, Brazil are the better team, in, in my opinion. You know, the, the, there's no Zico in this team, but Brazil basically dominate the entire game. Um, it's Goicochea it, who keeps them in the game. He's utterly invincible. Yeah, and um, the woodwork. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Maradona is targeted very early in the game with some heavy tackles, and he's clearly struggling as you go through this. But he does build the goal that wins it for them. Yeah, it's the 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 Maradona sort of the assist on this one is it's, it's sublime. The, the it's a piece of Maradona brilliance basically that brings about this goal for Argentina because he just drives through the middle of the park and takes on about four Brazilians who mm. who try but just can't bring him down. And I think there must have, there must have been a moment in his head where because the Argentina goal essentially is being battered by the Brazilians like the, you've said Goicochea mm. was was immense in goal even making a, a, a ton of saves and they've hit the, the Brazilians have hit the woodwork at least three times I think leading up to this and then Maradona's like look it's still nil nil there's still a way that we mm. can get through this and he just sort of flicks this switch in his head runs at the Brazilian defense and just as he's kind of reaching the penalty box he plays this ball to the left to Kanija who somehow manages to stay on side round the keeper and slot it home and it's is excellent. I think it's it's Alan Parry on the on the commentary of the goal that uh, that that I watched on online, mm. and he's <clears throat> the commentary is brilliant through it because he's, he's like Maradona for Argentina, good run by Maradona, and he still goes on, and Canidia Canidia could score here, and then he and then he does. He puts he puts a one nil up, and it's just a 
a really nice piece of commentary over the top that I'll try yeah. and lay over that. <laughs> so you've not got my my version of it. But yeah, it was a, a really nice run for Maradona and uh, an excellent finish by Kanija as well. Yeah, I mean, he does that creative midfield thing that he's so good at and, you know, lays it up for Kanija to do the rest. And, you know, Tafarel in the Brazil goal doesn't do himself any favours by, by sort of rushing out. And then Kanija, all he has to do is round him and <coughs> slot, slot it away. Um, I think on the commentary that, uh, that I was watching the highlights of this game on, they were basically talking about, you know, it's been Brazil's game. They've been dominant this entire thing, but somehow Argentina have gone one nil up, and and then the game finishes one nil, and everyone's kind of looking, going, "Well, I never expected that to happen, given how they were playing." Yeah, it's a very, um, it's like a, a Muhammad Ali kind of rope dope performance where they, Argentina mm-hmm. soak up all the pressure, and then when Brazil get a little bit tired, they and, and Maradona specifically hit them with this break and a knockout blow, mm-hmm. and it's <clears throat> it's kind of. Um, it's kind of the end of Maradona's kind of stranglehold of the World Cup, this performance, because after this, yeah. we really start to see that he doesn't have too much influence on any of the remaining games. There's there's mm. tiny little pockets and little bits and pieces that he'll do, but he doesn't have this, like, I, I don't, it's not Maradona versus the world anymore. Mm. Yeah, yeah the, the quarterfinal is... Um... To be honest, it's another. I've got I've got game. nothing here. I've got, I've got nothing of note to mention yeah. during this game. It's boring, boring, boring. So it's a nil-nil draw with <clears throat> Yugoslavia, and Argentina <coughs> win it three-two on penalties. So Maradona basically does sod all in the game. The game finishes nil-nil, goes to penalties, and Maradona then promptly misses his penalty. It's Goykacher who comes to the rescue, and he, he saves the final two Yugoslav penalties. Um, you know, if it wasn't for him, then they would have been going home. What it does do is set up a really nice tie between Argentina and Italy in Naples. Yeah, so for anyone that's, for any hardcore diehard listeners that have been listening since day one, you'll know exactly about this kind of backstory because we covered this in season one, episode one. Because mm. this is kind of the big game during the the Italy kind of run in Italian 90. And this is also pretty significant for the Argentina run in 1990 as well just because of the narrative around the game. Yeah, so prior to the game, um, Maradona decides to you know, speak to the, the press again and get people riled up yet again. He said, um, Neapolitans, you shouldn't forget that in Italy they do not consider you to be Italians. The country comes and asks for your support for just one day of the year, and for the other 364, they'll call you Africans. It is true that wherever we travel they call us africans and he's basically saying support me because i'm your guy they, they, they don't care about you and they're, they're coming into town saying oh you know we're italy get behind us and it's this um real sort of controversial issue in italy you know the italian press goes mental italians uh, you know you know are, you know really unhappy with these comments um you know, you've got the Neapolitans who want to support their country, but they view Maradona as a deity and he's going up against their country and he's saying these sorts of things. And it just, it all boils up, doesn't it? It's, it's ready for, for what happens on the pitch. Yeah, it's it's hugely poetic that this game takes place in Naples because it is, <clears throat> it's the city where, where, where he is a god, isn't it? Mm. It's a very, like, Napoli, Naples itself, <clears throat> sorry i've got a bit of a cough 
Um, Naples itself is a very like uh, looked down upon city, I think, in mm. Italy. Really, it's in the south. It's relatively poor, and you've got this this Argentinian kind of hero that's just sort of parachuted in and manages to take them from sporting obscurity to winning everything in a four-year period it's it's it, his the list of trophies in that four-year period is is as is as full as they come and so to try and get these fans on side yeah he starts to to sort of build this kind of rhetoric rhetoric around neapolitans being shunned by the rest of their country and and it's a, a bit of a pr stunt that does kind of work because the atmosphere in the stadium is very um it's on a knife edge the whole time and you see banners around there one says mm. diego we love you but italy is our home so it's obviously from some very conflicted fans in there that that want to see diego succeed but also want to see italy succeed um and that's the kind of that that's the the platform that this whole game this whole 90 minutes of football or what tends to be 120 minutes of football mm. sits on yeah and you know we've talked about this game in in a lot more depth in, in our, our very first episode, um, you know, it's a 1-1 draw with Argentina winning 4-3 on penalties. Uh, Scalacci getting the, the, the lead for Italy on 17 minutes and Canigia levelling on 67. Maradona does have um, a, a really good chance where he, he sort of kicks the ball up, spins and shoots, but it goes straight into Walter Zenga's arms. Um, but it's a really nice sort of bit of skill. I think... The main thing I took away from this is you've got this weird comparison with 1986 where back then in the last World Cup, he's the man. He's the guy contributing things, leading things. Whereas in 1990, he's leading this team that have got like very few ideas and it's only really Kanija that's doing anything of merit. Um, the yeah. game finishes 1-1 and goes to penalties, but um, Maradona, Maradona does score his. But what do you think about this game? Yeah, well, this is this is kind of the it's the game where his whole relationship with with the city of Napoli kind of sours, doesn't it? Because he's mm. the one that has this. It's it's almost a decisive penalty because he has to put it in the net for then Goicochea to save the next one to put Italy out, right? So you've got I think afterwards, Maradona's quoted as saying, "I think that penalty was the one I suffered with the most in my whole life." I was telling myself, mm. "If you fail, you are an idiot." So this clearly hung really heavily on his shoulders because he's in. He's 12 yards out. He's got one kick to to put the country where he plays out of a World Cup. If he misses, he's in front of, what, 50,000, 60,000 fans who, who watch him week in, week out, who mm. worship him. And they're going to get some kind of joy of that. And I think that would really would have soured his the whole mystique around him as well. Um, and that, yeah, he, that he goes on to say, once I put the ball on the spot, Walter Zenga told me, careful, I know you. And I told him, yes, but I know you better. Then I rolled the ball past him. <laughs> so I think while it held, oh, while it was really heavy on his shoulders, he was clearly very confident that oh, I'll just, you know, I'll put, put the eyes one way and I'll just slot it past him the other. Mm. Um, and he's he's led this, very with that kick of the game and then with Goicochea's save next, Maradona's led this extremely average team. It's like you say, apart from Canigia, no, no one else in that squad has really done anything of note. Um, it's been it's really only Maradona and Canigia that have carried this team through yeah. a very average side through to the final. And Goicoche, we'll give him some credit as well. Yeah, yeah, why not? Know, he, he, he's really he's really done done um, a lot to sort of keep them in it. I think um, was it after this game, La Repubblica listed Maradona as the most hated person in Italy. Um, yeah. And as you say about this game changing his relationship with Italy, a lot of the shall we say protections and freedoms that have been afforded to him by 
the his club side in Napoli suddenly start to disappear. Yeah, the so, averages perform the average performance or his average performances in this tournament aren't the story. It's the fallout afterwards, yeah. isn't it? Really, it's, it's it's yeah. I mean, it, it completely changes his career. This one game, you know, just completely flips. You know, if they'd never been drawn with Italy, if they'd never played at the San Paolo, or whatever. It, I mean, it's a sliding doors moment. Everything could have been different. Um, we have no idea. Um, but they go on to the World Cup final. Um, versus West Germany and there's an interesting thing in when the when the players are lined up the Argentine national anthem is being booed when the cloud uh, when the teams line up you know they're not they're not booing the anthem it's the Italian no. crowd booing Maradona yeah definitely <laughs> it, it really does look like that and I suppose that's the story of this this World Cup final because yet again it's another shit game it is widely considered to be one of the worst world cup finals of all time it's so terrible and there's uh i've got a list of some of the records that this game set as well which shows you how bad it is right Mm -hmm. so it's the first world cup final to have a player sent off 20 minutes 21 (laughs) minutes later it's the first world cup final to have two players sent off it's the first world cup final in which both teams don't score and it's the most bookings in a world cup final wow yeah, that's a record that you do not want, right? <laughs> it's just it's just rubbish. I mean, from what yeah. I can see in the highlights, there's just a lot of rough and heavy tackling on Maradona. Uh, Germans wanting to bully him out of the game. Um, Difficult lineup as well for them to the Argentines mm. to piece together because the you've got obviously all the focus is going to be on Maradona going to this game. He's public enemy number one in Italy, right? And oh, then yeah. and then the Argentines have four men out of their starting eleven serving suspensions. As well as, I mean, this is aside from the injuries. You've got Kanija out, Olata Kuchera's out, Batista and Giusti are all out. And then you've got Maradona's ankle, which is apparently at that point just hanging by a thread. So that's, what, five of your... Well, four of your starting 11 gone, have to be replaced. And one of your starting 11 is playing on one leg. Um, And it looks like that through the whole game. It's a very quiet game in terms of action. There's really not a lot that goes on. It's a very, very dull game. And then... The, the 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 winner comes from a penalty in the 85th minute, yeah. which is also just a bit of a dour way to lose a game because it's like ugh, that could have yeah. been stopped. And at the final whistle, you've got the shot of the German celebrating, the Argentine players remonstrating with the referee. Maradona's just sat on the floor. He's knackered. He's holding his ankle. He's you know upset, frustrated, and then you have like a, a few moments later, you've got Maradona in tears collecting his runners-up medal and. It's such a shame. It's just a shadow of the performance in 1986. Yeah, it's like a, it's kind of like a realization, isn't it? That like, uh, well, maybe I, maybe I can't always carry a team to a World Cup final. Maybe yeah, I can't always be the I one, the difference maker. Yeah. Um, I need some more around me. I don't know, but he's mm. Maradona's fouled a record 50 times throughout Italia Jesus. 90, and which is that com- considering the player he was at 86, he's fouled more times in 1990, and he loses teammates to both like injury and suspension. It's it's a rough a rough year. It's a it's a rough summer for Mar- for Maradona and the Argentina team. They managed to make it all to the World Cup final, which is great. Um, but it's it's a very banged up and bruised side. They lose in one of the worst World Cup finals in history, and then afterwards he just kind of he retires from international football. I think he just he he, he just thinks oh, I can't really do this anymore. But he comes back to give it one more go. 
You know, I would have loved to have watched the 1990 World Cup with uh, Claudio Gentile because he probably would have been sat there going, oh, only 50. Okay, well, fair yeah, enough. I'll do that in a game, mate. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's easy. That's a Sunday afternoon for me, fella. Um, actually, after the um, 1990 World Cup, sorry, Maradona actually announced his international retirement. So, you know, it could have been one of the final moments of Maradona in an Argentina shirt, but... Fortunately for football fans and certainly for the the listeners of this show, he came back for one more bite in 1994 at the USA World Cup. I've got one more in me, he said. <laughs> <laughs> he probably said it exactly like that, but let's set the scene. So 1991, after a game with Napoli against Bari, uh, Maradona tests positive for cocaine and is banned from all footballing activities for 15 months. Uh, Argentina's qualification campaign is awful. Maradona obviously can't take part early on because he's um, still serving the suspension, but he's called on to help get them over the line um, and qualify. Maradona actually pulls out of the Argentine World Cup squad in in February of um, 1994, citing too much pressure. Um, and He said that he couldn't cope mentally with the expectation of the Argentine public. Obviously, that went down like a absolute sack of shit in Argentina. <laughs> so the press camped outside his house for two days, demanding an explanation for, for this decision. And rather than going out and talking to them, he decided to stand on his driveway and shoot at the news crews with an air rifle, <laughs> hitting four separate members of the press. Um, the police are then called and legal action is taken by those who were wounded. Um, so... The drama continues at uh, Diego Towers. Yeah, that's the that's the thing around around this World Cup again. It's not it's not the story like it's not the performances on the field, is it? To be fair, that mm. that are the story here because he's only he makes two starts. He plays yeah. just 173 minutes of of football, but it's it's what happens, what encompasses those 173 minutes yeah. is where the real story is. The sort of the lead up to it. The, the the two games he does play in and then there's just the the nuclear fucking fallout afterwards which is the that's that's where the meat of it all is yeah so there was a rumor that fifa were aware of maradona's drug taking prior to the tournament um and the rumor is is that they were going to offer him immunity from drug testing but basically giving him a free pass to carry on using banned substances um because the rumor was that fifa were apprehensive that the 94 world cup would be a success because there wasn't a star name in it um, oh okay that's a but, really strange way to go about it then just you know yeah take as many drugs as you want as long as you yeah show up just, just as long as you show up and you can play yeah yeah um there's this the argentina squad there's there's you know some new blood in there diego simeone uh 24 years old he's at severe at the time and a 25 year old gabriel batistuta of fiorentina mm. are in the squad um, yeah, Ariel Ortega as well, Fernando Redondo, yeah. Canigia yeah. still there. Maradona's thirty-three at this point. He's um, back at Newell's Old Boys um, after leaving um, Italy. Um, I think he'd had a pit stop at Sevilla as well. Between a really unsuccessful um, pit stop at Sevilla. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know he's captain again, um, and, and they're drawn in a group with with Greece, uh, Nigeria. And who else are they drawn in the group with? Uh, they've got Greece, they've got Greece, Nigeria, and uh, Bulgaria. That's it, yeah. So the first game against Greece, um, I mean, it's it's a bloody good game if you want to watch the highlights. Batistuta, it's outstanding, unreal. Yeah, 
This um, is the this is the the stamp like this is the uh, this is where Gabriel Batistuta really stamps his authority on the World Cup stage. He's uh, yeah, from start to finish in this game, he is absolutely outstanding. This like he's the star performer in this game. Yeah, I mean Greece aren't anything to write home about um, for sure, but. Batistuta scores a hat-trick on the second 44th and 90th minutes um, but Maradona's goal in between all of that is up there as one of his most iconic in an Argentina shirt not just because of the goal but also the celebration yeah this is um, like I, I kind of want to just touch on the Argentina performance first because the hmm. they completely blow the Greeks away right oh They're, yeah they're they're so many like they're so coherent i was really surprised by just how coherent this argentina team was they were like there's so many one touch passes to each other it was so slick and so fluid i don't know whether it was just down to how poor the opposition were but they just looked so good Mm. in this opening game and maradona is kind of he's he's basically adapted his game completely for this tournament because going Mm. in i think he struggled with weight problems with diet with drug abuse obviously and so there's no there's no mazy dribbles or jinky little runs throughout defence here. Instead, what he's doing now is he's acting as this... He's playing one-twos with, with, with midfielders and we're linking up with mm. Batistuta well. He's acting as this conduit between midfield and attack, um, threading so many nice little through, through balls for, for, for Batistuta to run onto. And yeah, there's there, it, he's a completely different player than he was even four years before that. So... Mm. The, the player that Maradona is in 1994 is not the one we saw in 1990 and definitely not the one we saw in 86. No, I mean, like you say, it's it's a very different type of football as well. It's almost like pre-Barcelona, Barcelona. It's all these pass, move, pass, move, these little triangles and, you know, the, the, the Greeks are there. Their heads are spinning. They can't even, you know, they can't keep up. You know, mentally, they they can't comprehend what is happening to them. It's They're like training cones, really, the Greeks. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely that. Um, Maradona's goal is, um, you know, people obviously talk about the the goal versus England in 86, but, you know, this is right up there as one of his best as well. Um, You've got the ball moving almost like a pinball with these sort of short passes and moves from the Argentine attack. You know, Maradona, you know, fully involved in that, you know, takes the ball passes it move on and you know the, the the whole triad of players just keeps moving forward where someone gets it they pass it and then move forward so when Maradona gets the ball he sort of he takes a touch to sort of kill the ball just to sort of stop it then takes another touch to just knock it forward a little bit and then the third touch um just sees him snap at it and it goes into the top left corner of the goal. And this is USA 94. They've got these massive deep goals. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it, it travels for miles before it hits the back of the net. Um, the goalkeeper doesn't even move. It's just, it's it's so quick. You have to, you have to watch it in slow motion to fully appreciate it. Yeah, it's an obscene finish and the, the close control is excellent. And like you say, the, the, the finish is is yeah rifled into the top left hand corner it's it's excellent and then you've got the the goal celebration that comes mm. afterwards is just as iconic if not more yeah running <clears throat> uh running straight down towards the camera um screaming goal down the lens with his eyes bulging out of his head um this is a you know a, the the iconic long locks of maradona have been chopped up and, and he's got like a uh you know a, a tidy crew cut um you look back on it now and you you realize that the the drug taking hadn't stopped so there is a, an element of sadness to it 
you appreciate the the quality of the goal but you see this sort of crazed look in in his eyes and, and you know you look back on it all now and it's sad yeah it's uh, it just looks like a man who is just desperately trying to prove that he still has it yeah um mm. and yeah I, I mean the the play itself is 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 clear that that he does but it's the scream into the camera like don't fucking doubt me mm. um and it's yeah it, it he's all <laughs> i don't know it, it's a very yeah it's a difficult image to watch it's a difficult piece of footage to watch because we know what happened afterwards i imagine at the yeah. time it was like what the hell was he doing doing that because you, <laughs> you you've had you there, there's been players that have come to camera before you've got steven gerrard has kissed their camera before yeah but it yeah. doesn't look as frightening as that Mm, yeah that's that's exactly maradona's scream like his kind of this shriek this indecipherable yell into camera is it is it's frightening it's and yeah and that's i think that's what makes it so kind of infamous is i mean i've got on a t-shirt so so, um yeah it's a it's an infamous image and one of the it's a shame that it's one of his last ones as well yeah the next game um group game is against nigeria it's a 2-1 win. Maradona starts the game, captains. Um, Kanija scores both goals for Argentina. Um, uh, Maradona setting up the second with, with a really quick free kick. So, you know, stamping influence ag- again on that game. But I suppose the real talking point is what happens as he leaves the field. I've um, never seen anything like this before in my so life. Marad- yeah, Maradona leaves the field with a medical nurse like taking him away for the drug test by the hand he's yeah. led he's led from the field who i'm get by, by i'm guess, guessing who is about to do his drugs test he's yeah. led by the hand by a female nurse and or medic and yeah and i've always found this footage to be really strange because i've never seen anything like this before or after this has never yeah. happened in my memory on a football field before normally it's all done out of sight but this is kind of as if there's some sort of pomp and ceremony around him mm. being led from the field, waving to screaming fans as he goes to take a drugs test. Like, it's all going to be fine. I'm off to take a drugs test. Once, you know, once this is done and I play in the next game, everyone will know that I'm, you know, mm. that I'm, I'm clear to play. There's nothing to worry about. But in the, it, what actually does play out is it ends his summer. And this is the last thing you see of, of Maradona mm. on the football field in an Argentina shirt is him being led away by a, by a medic who's about to take his drugs test it's i've never yeah. like i say i've never seen anything like this before ever yeah four days later um set blatter announces both analysis of the urine sample have proved positive the player diego maradona of the argentinian national team has therefore violated the conditions of the doping control regulations in the match of argentina against nigeria uh, and he had tested positive for the banned substance uh, ephedrine yeah, which is just supposedly ephedrine is just something that's taken by asthmatics to clear out their respiratory system and add like it's supposed mm. to aid weight loss. But I think what had happened into this in the lead up to the the World Cup in '94, he's struggling with with diet, with sort of mm. weight and stuff like that, and he he starts to befriend a a weightlifter who, as well as he's got he's he's obviously got his own doctor. I think you spoke about earlier who, mm. um, the guy that said I'd go anywhere for Diego, but nowhere for Maradona. That kind of, that that guy. Um, he starts to befriend this this weight uh, weightlifter who is obsessed with body image and is obsessed with getting Maradona's mm. weight down to make him look, you know, look better. And it's not about athletic performance; it's more about no. the aesthetics of him. And I think that's where 
Maradona's kind of, I think he feels a bit ill, he's a bit snivelly, and he takes this huge concoction of stuff before the game against Nigeria that ends up ending his his summer. But it's it's weird that it's only ephedrine, I think, mm. that is being touted as the reason because, yeah, it's supposedly just one of the more tame substances that's mm. taken by, by asthmatics, where I imagine he's on stuff a lot stronger going into this game as well. He talks about it in a lot more depth in his autobiography. He argued that the test result was due to his personal trainer giving him a power drink. Um, His claim was that the US version, unlike the Argentinian one, contained the chemical and that having run out of Argentinian dosage, the trainer unwittingly bought the US formula. Mm. Um, FIFA had obviously expelled him from USA 94 and Argentina was subsequently eliminated in the round of 16 by Romania in Los Angeles. Maradona also separately claimed that he had an agreement with FIFA on which the organisation reneged to allow him to use the drug for weight loss before the competition in order to be able to play. Um, so there's a lot of controversy around it. It's, you know, did FIFA want to make a example out of him? Um, you know, was he doing or saying things that they didn't agree with or, or whatever? But he he seems to claim that they, you know, he claimed that there was an agreement with FIFA that it was okay for him to, to take it for the reasons that, we you know, we've talked about, about weight and, and, and diet and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, Listening to athletes that have been caught with a banned substance is is and and listening to their reasoning behind why they were caught with that banned substance is always really interesting there's mm. some outlandish excuses throughout they're, they're just talking about this now just reminded me of when i think it was two seasons ago there was an nhl defenseman who got caught on some kind of banned substance and he put it down to contaminated meat in a restaurant and it's like <laughs> there's no way that's passing so just mm. you know if you get caught with something maybe just own up but yeah the excuses for why people use banned substances are uh, you know, <laughs> quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> so his failed drug test at the 1994 World Cup signalled the end of Maradona's international career, which lasted 17 years and yielded 34 goals from 91 games. He uh, received one winners' medal and one runners-up medal in the World Cup. It's not a bad. So, it's not a bad lot of sort of uh, trophy cabinet, really, is it? I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. 17 years you know in international football is an awful long time you know certainly if you were playing in you know he played in multiple copper americas and all of this sort of stuff as well um you know it's a you would you would take that as a as a world cup career you know from single-handedly winning 1986 world cup um and you know appearing in four consecutive world cups um captaining your your country for three of them um mightily impressive yeah without a doubt so we're going to touch briefly on his um role as the argentina manager um he was given the job in 2008 um i think the you know uh, previous manager had either resigned or been sacked and uh, you know he put his name forward and um i you know I think they they probably wanted a star name and wanted to see what what Maradona could could do with the national side. Yeah, um, it wasn't the dire circumstances that I because I I, st- I read back on how he was given the job and it wasn't mm-hmm. the dire circumstances that I expected it to be because he Maradona sounds like a last one of the dice by the Argentinian mm-hmm. FA. But I mean, leading into 2010 World Cup in the qualifying, they were I think ten games in, they were third in the qualifying group, four qualify automatically. 
so they weren't like languishing down the bottom and in need of some desperate inspiration but yeah uh, maradona's got no coaching badges he just yeah. got the job on reputation alone which says a lot he's got no experience really of any note and he's just handed the keys to the national team just because yeah it's a very strange one um i mean he get he gets off to a decent start wins his first game uh, versus scotland 1-0 at hampton um qualifying as you say you know it's uh, up to this point they'd they'd been doing okay they do lose 6-1 to bolivia which is a bit of an embarrassing one for them but they do manage to qualify by winning their last two games and finish fourth in the qualification campaign um after that um maradona receives a, a two-month fifa ban from all footballing activity um so after the qualification in a uh live post-game press conference he told members of the media to suck it and keep on sucking it um <laughs> and fifa responded by giving him a uh a two-month ban on all footballing activity expiring on the 15th of january 2010 um, a fine and a um, warning as to his future conduct. <laughs> That's the least he could have expected from those comments, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, going into the 2010 World Cup, um, they're given uh, a pretty decent um, group, uh, Nigeria, South Korea and Greece. They win all three games, which is pretty good. Um, is there anything of note that you wanted to pick out on any of those? Uh, in terms of the group performances, it was it was from some really uh, relatively straightforward wins. You got a Higuain hat trick against South Korea, and that was good. A, yeah. a nice goal from San Martin Palermo against Greece. Mm. The final goal of the group was against Greece in a two 0 win. And you know, if if any time Martin Palermo comes up, you got to give him his due. So I like to mention him when he comes around. <laughs> yeah, Di Michaela scored in that. Um, he did, that yeah, on well. seventy seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so they finished top of the group. Uh, so you know. Good start, only conceding one goal. Uh, round of 16, they come up against Mexico. Uh, Mexico's curse of not getting past the round of 16 continuing. <laughs> yeah, um, it comes up again. Argentina win 3-1. Uh, Tevez and Higuain with the goals. Um, it's all sort of fairly straightforward for, for, for Maradona at, at, at this point. I mean, it's when he gets to the quarterfinal, they play Germany, where they're really sort of figured out. Yeah, they're just utterly obliterated by Germany, who... I mean, Germany had just come off a 4-0 win against, or was it 4-1? 4-1 win against England mm. in the round of 16. Then they batter Argentina 4-0 in the quarterfinals. Um, there was, yeah, the, the the Argentina side in that game were just yeah, utterly, utterly obliterated. Yeah, after the defeat to Germany, um, Maradona said that he would, he's obviously considering his future as the Argentina coach and said, you know, I may leave tomorrow. But then on the 15th of July, 2010, the, uh, the AFA said that he would be offered a new four-year deal that would keep him in charge through to the um, Brazil World Cup in 2014. But about a couple of weeks later, the 27th of July, the AFA announced that its board had unanimously decided to not <coughs> renew his contract um, and uh, giving the job to his, the 1978 World Cup winning captain and Maradona's 1986 teammate Daniel Passarella was given the job. Oh, okay. So after losing the job, Maradona um, reacted as you may expect Maradona to react. He claimed that the AFA president, Julio Rondona, and director of national teams, um, as well as his former 
coach and uh, at Sevilla and Argentina, Carlos Bilando, uh, Bilado, sorry, had lied to him, betrayed him, and effectively sacked him from the role. So, a bit of a contentious sort of, you know, they on one hand they're saying, yeah, we're going to give him a new deal, and then they say, oh, actually, we're going to give it to your old mate Daniel Passarella. Yeah, difficult um, departure then. Yeah, it's a a tough one. Um, Obviously, he, he he went on and, and and you know managed a few club sides as well uh, in in Mexico and Argentina and um, at the time of his death he was uh, manager of uh, Gimnasia La Plata. Yeah, I thought that was a night that that's one of the things that I did really enjoy listening to this week was was obvious. I mean, we mentioned him all the fucking time, but Jonathan Wilson was was on mm. Guardian Football Weekly, and he was just say he he pointed out that. The, the death of Maradona this week was not when he was out of work or not when he was struggling with <clears throat> some kind of awful personal life sort of like case in yeah. the papers or anything like that. He was he was on this kind of farewell tour of Argentina. He was he was managing Gimnasia La Plata. He was going around to different grounds in, in Argentina, having having the red carpet rolled out for him. He was given a, a gold sort of throne chair in one of the stadiums to sit in during the 90 minutes. It was It was kind of a, like, he was on this... You know, on this kind of farewell tour, which I thought was just a nice, you know, not not a nice way to end things. That sounds really grim and bleak. I know but what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm glad you get my point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you know, he obviously released um, a biography. Uh, I think that came out in the year 2000, um, where again he linked the hand of God goal to the Falklands. Uh, in the autobiography, he says, although we said before the game that football had nothing to do with the Falklands War. We knew that they had killed a lot of Argentine boys there, and this was revenge. So uh, the the connection between the hand of God and, and the Falklands and stuff was, was sort of stirred up again when this book came out. Um, yeah, it comes comes back. It came back around, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and unfortunately, you know, as we mentioned at the at the start of the show, you know. The news came out on the 25th of November that um, Maradona passed away at his home um, in Argentina of a heart attack. Pele came out and said, I've lost a great friend and the world has lost a legend. There's still so much to be said, but for now, may God give strength to his relatives. One day, I hope we can play football together in the sky. Um, and probably the the most poignant and apt and well-written tribute for, for me came from Lionel Messi he said he leaves us but he does not leave because Diego is eternal yeah um, I, fi- I find that that's that's beautiful really isn't it yeah so the the question I suppose to to, to wrap things up is you know where does Maradona sit among the greats um, <laughs> easy one <laughs> yeah I think I think you kind of uh, uh, this is uh, right so for anyone listening this is all just going to be personal opinion so if you disagree mm-hmm. with any of this you know you're, you're more than welcome to but he's the only player I can think of who completely and utterly transcended the game full stop to the point where there are like churches in his name and people yeah. get married in the church of Maradona using his autobiography as a bible his face is plastered all over walls and cities around the world he's the, the like the only player I can think of who is more than football, um, mm. he surely has to be like the most gifted and natural talent ever ever to ever to grace the international stage, right? There's players today that are sure. almost they're almost sculpted or molded by by modern sports science, 
to perform at these increasingly high levels. Like, just look at Cristiano Ronaldo's abs. Like, Maradona just needed a ball or an orange or some rolled up rags to perform magic and sorcery. And I don't think, after we've, we've, we've discussed over the last, I mean, two hours, 20 minutes I've got on my screen at the moment. The World, mm. the World Cup's never seen, I've never seen a more dominant performance at a World Cup than Maradona in 86. And there's there's no doubt in my mind that uh, there'll ever be another player just like him. Um, yeah, where 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 do you see him sitting? Where, what's your opinion? I think he's certainly the best player to ever play at a World Cup. And I think that there's never been a player quite like him before or since. There have obviously been very good players. You know, yeah. Messi, Ronaldo, whatever. Uh, both Ronaldos. But Diego... It feels weird to say was. It feels odd to yeah, talk about in past Yeah, it really tense. does. Yeah. Diego Maradona, I'm going to say is, because, you know, Diego is eternal. Diego Maradona is, is not a stats player. He's a street footballer, powered by passion and the notion of getting one up over people who doubt him. He is a once-in-a-generation player. Um, putting Putting into context... Because I tried to sort of look at an equivalent of, you know, his transfer to Napoli, right? Put it into context. So Napoli were a team that had never won Serie A and Maradona was the best player in the world at that time and, and went there. Put it into modern day equivalent. West Ham United have never won the Premier League. So this is the equivalent of West Ham United signing Kylian Mbappe, winning the <laughs> league and the Champions League in yeah. two years. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. He is a transformational player. Yeah. He changed the game. He he redefined things. He made people sit there and go, I don't understand. I don't I don't get it, you know. He defied stats. He defied you know, physical attributes. He was magical. Um, yeah. I I don't know what what else one can say when talking about Maradona other than to say thank you. Yeah. Um, he makes teams, doesn't he? Yeah. Um for the play, for the genius, for the drama, rest in power, Diego Maradona. Beautiful. It's it's been it's been such an in, like it's been such an enjoyable week in some senses to be able to go back through all this footage and watch all of these games, um, and just to see, input like is it to, just to watch back to back and see why he's so revered and held in such high regards by people all over the world. Um, mm. It's been. Yeah, it's been it's been a fun it's been a strange week, but it's been it's been a fun week to research this one. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Um, I think one of the like one of the things I I did this weekend as well is complete. It wasn't in any way related to Diego Maradona research, but this was just on Friday night. Um, I sat down with with Claire, my wife, and we we were watching. Follow me on this one, all right? <laughs> we were watching. The Taylor Swift, the Long Pond studio sessions on Disney Plus, right? Which is essentially just her playing tracks with her band from the new album, <clears throat> Folklore, right? It's fucking brilliant. And people are going to hate this comparison, but she starts to speak about the song Mirrorball. And she says that a mirrorball, a glitter ball in a, in a disco is this shiny thing that is the focal point of a room that is there solely to entertain. And to be entertaining, first it needs to break. And every time it breaks further, it becomes more entertaining. And that, when I heard that, I was like, fucking hell. Like, hearing that in the week that we've had mm. and realising that that is basically Diego Maradona in 
in a nutshell the more the more he did and the more problems he had the greater the folklore around him became mm. and it was just yeah it was just really strange to hear that quote in this week um and that's kind of the last thing i have to say on on this you know wonderful two episode little sojourn into the life of diego maradona absolutely and um you know thank you to the listeners for for you know sticking with us over over these episodes and, and thank you liam for for joining me on the journey yeah always a pleasure wonderful okay so next time on got got need we go way back in time to 1954 where we look at hungary's golden generation take on west germany in a ding dong world cup final at the wankdorf it's important <laughs> for football it's particularly important in history as well so join us then and not just for more funny stadium names we'll see you next time thank you for listening I wasn't supposed to laugh then, I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's just the way you said a ding-dong battle in the wank. Door.